In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. So, hey guys, we're going to be doing something a little different for about the next uh, two months. Uh, for the next couple months, we're going to be answering some of your questions that you commonly ask us through our social media outlets. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From men in the arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Guys, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post, and I want to talk to you about their Bourbon Barrel Aged Collection. This is a collection of roasted coffee beans that are literally put in 15-year-old Kentucky bourbon barrels and rolled in the barrels. No sugar is added, no artificial flavor is added like a lot of your flavored coffees. This comes out straight from the barrels. I'm not a flavored coffee guy, but I love the taste of this bourbon barrel coffee and the different flavors that manifest whenever I drink it. And so you might want to check it out, guys. I love this company. They've got phenomenal coffee, and I encourage you to go check it out. If you go over there to junipermountaintradingpost.com, and when you're going through checkout, if you enter the word arena, they will give you 10% off your purchase. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your guide and host of today's number one podcast on Spotify, guiding you to your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to today's show. As you know, in 2023, our goal is to gather 365 hero stories in 365 days. A hero story is a testimony of transformation or a decisive act to grow. It's not uh, about you telling us how great we are. It's not about any of that. It's about you telling us your story and how God is using you to impact those who love you. And when we use your story, if you hit us up at info at we'll send you some swag just to say thanks. This, this next hero story comes from Joe in Hawaii. Joe shared, after reading your book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, I decided to mail it to my son-in-law, who was a soldier in Afghanistan. When he got it, he thanked me, but said he and his buddies had already read it. That is a great story. And if you are in the military, if you are a Leo, or if you are a first responder, remember, our curriculum resources are free for you. Be listening in the months to come. We have a really cool strategic partnership that we have formed with our law enforcement and with our firefighter brothers, and we're looking for strategic partnerships with our military. So be on the lookout for the cool things coming your way. 
So the question is, how do you pick a church? In other words, they asked specifically, how would Jim Ramos pick a church if he moved to a random town in a random state? How would he pick this church? What are the things that I would look for and the reasons I would have to stay or to leave? And so that's the question. It's a great question. So we're getting ready to do some stuff in the next couple months. I think you're going to hear some cool stories coming out of Bozeman, Montana. We're getting ready to do a partnership with an organization up there that I won't share. It's premature, but let's say, let's say my wife and I moved to Bozeman. We won't ever move to Bozeman and we don't plan on moving to Bozeman, but we're going to fly to Bozeman in October and, and we're going to work with an organization and, that we may partner with. So let's pretend that Jim and Shanna moved to Bozeman. What would we do to find a church? All right. The first thing I would do is this. I would look for a church that puts Jesus on display on Sunday morning and not the pastoral team. So I don't want to be a part of a church where the pastor is a rock star that you, it is unapproachable. Uh, I do not want to be at a church where the, the worship leaders uh, dress and carry themselves in such a way that they think they're rock stars. So by me, I don't think that Jesus would attend a church like that. Jesus would not attend a church where he is not on display. Jesus would attend a church where Jesus is on display. Uh, so basically, when I say that, I'm eliminating a massive number of highly influential churches. And I realize that. But I would not go to a church that does that. The second thing I would do is I would look for an intergenerational church, not a multi-generational church. In other words, after 30 year, 25 years of doing youth ministry, I determined that my youth ministry in a large part was in a silo. You know, our, our teens met on Sunday without the adults. Some of them would go to church on Sunday with their parents. Our youth group met without the, without the church there unless it was adult leaders. There was a real silo effect, and I, that really hurt, I believe, long-term, it hurt my ministry. If I were to do youth ministry over again, we would eliminate anything on Sunday that would separate teens from adults, bring the teens in the service, involve them, right there. I think intergenerational uh, is so important where you're, where the, the teenagers are interacting with the 80 year olds. Uh, you know, the, the 80 year olds or the 60 year olds get to see the little children. I think there's an intergenerational part there that is really important. Do I say we shouldn't have children's ministry? No. Do I say we should have youth ministry? I'm saying no, but I want to be a part of a church that is strategically intergenerational and not multi-generational. And that goes for the music that we can play the hymns and we can play the contemporary stuff. We can we can mix those and blend those together because when we do that, we are not excluding a generation. So the intergenerational ministry is vitally important to the church, and I think we've missed that in the last 50 years. The third thing is I would want to have an active, my kids are out of the house, but I would still, for my wife and I, we want to be a part of a church that has an active children and youth ministry. That tells me that there's a, a younger generation, right? If it's intergenerational, we should have an, a younger generation with uh, parents, with children, and with teenagers. We want to be a part of that life. I don't want to walk in a room and have a bunch of bald heads and gray heads and blue heads. I want to be a part of a church that has the baldies and the grays, and I want to be in a church that has the mullets and the mustaches. and all. I mean, I want all of it. I want, the, I want everything. I want all of it. So children and youth are super important. It gives you a temperature... Uh, Having children and youth in a church is a its a way to measure the overall health of that church. Also, number four, this is a marriage. 
I, I view a church as a marriage. This is a long-term choice. In our 31 years of marriage, we've been involved in three churches. Uh, two, one we worked in for 10 years together. Another one we worked in and close for t- to 10 years in close to 10 years together. And then we're, the one we're in now, we're going on our 11th year in this church. And so it is a marriage. I'm not a, a big fan of going to where the hot Holy Spirit, the big church, you know, the one that's happening right now. We got a new pastor. I'm not a fan of moving from church to church. I think that is, is a way to have shallow roots. I want deep roots. My wife and I have lived in two communities our entire marriage. We believe in deep roots and, and churches go through phases. So uh, we've been involved in situations where we were at churches and we just didn't really like the phase the church was in. But we're making a marriage to this church because the fifth point I want to bring up is I want to find a church that loves each other well. I'm currently in a church, and I've been here almost 11 years now, where we are. our church is very good at loving each other. It's a average-sized church, but the resources that this church church pours out to love each other is wonderful. I I think a church should have a strong benevolence ministry. I think a church should should, uh, be a giving church, a church that supports uh, missions and other ministries beyond the denominational requirements. So those are really important to me in looking for a church. So the sixth thing I'm looking for when I'm looking for a church is I want a church that loves their community. I'm not a fan of the holy huddle. You know, Jesus sent his disciples into the world. I want to be a part of a church that is actively and strategically reaching their community. And the last thing I want to say, and this might be the most important in a lot of ways, this is the thing that'll get me in the door and keep me there, is I want a church that believes in Sunday excellence. And here's what I mean by that. They have to love the Word of God. And when I mean love the Word of God, I'm really particular on what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a pastor who teaches the Bible from an expository standpoint. In other words, he's not picking a topic and then throwing every verse in the Bible together to support his topic. He's taking a passive scripture and he's teaching through it. Uh, Some churches do one chapter. I think that's a little long. Uh, Some churches do a paragraph. I mean, I just as long as some do a, uh, some guys will do a sentence. I think there's a lot of movement in there, but the key is this, that you teach what the Bible says to your people. The Bible has called pastors to teach the Word of God, to handle the Word of God accurately. And I will not go to a church where that does not happen. If I see uh, flags flying outside of a church that are political in nature, that represent immoral behaviors, I'm out of there. If I see uh, pastors go uh, on this political uh, rampage of right or left, I'm out of there. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in a pastor who tells people how to live for Jesus according to what the Bible says. The second thing is this. I want quality worship. I want to know that when I show up that that worship band has put time in, they've, they've practiced as individually, they've practiced as a band. I want quality worship. In other words, when I show up on Sunday, I want to know that there's been time put in to studying the Word of God by the pastor. I want to know, I want to know that there's been time put in by the worship band. So if you listen to my list you, you can probably realize now that I probably will not go to a tiny, tiny, tiny church, and I probably will not go to a giant, giant, giant church. I will probably find a church, my personal opinion is a church that's somewhere in the middle, somewhere between 150 and maybe 800 strong, where uh, uh, I can have access to the staff, where I have quality worship by people who are passionate about it. 
And then the last thing I want to know about a church when we're deciding on a church is it needs to have some kind of systematic approach to community. In other words, I want to know what they are doing to build the community of believers through fellowship. And that usually is through a small group. You can call it a community group. You can call it a small group. We call them teams. You can call whatever you want. But there needs to be a strategic and systematic approach to small groups because that is where the magic happens. That is where community happens. So those are the eight things I'm looking for. I'm looking for a church where Jesus is on display. I'm looking for a church that's intergenerational, not multi-generational. I'm looking for a church with a healthy children and youth ministry. I'm looking for a church to marry it's a long-term decision for me. I'm looking for a church that loves each other well. I'm looking for a church that loves the community, that wants to tell the community about Jesus. I'm looking for a church that views Sunday with excellence, and I'm looking for a church that has a strategic structure to build community through fellowship. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. At the Men in the Arena podcast, we try to answer any questions that you have, so please keep sending them in. And if this podcast has helped you on your journey to becoming the best version of you, please like, subscribe, and share this link with one of your bros. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.